Welcome back to episode three of The Couch. Super excited today because we have the uh, amazing Dan Tyre, full of energy at any time of the day, sales director of HubSpot. Um, Dan joined HubSpot as a member of the original team all the way back in May of 2007. He's also famous for pioneering the concept of the alignment between sales and marketing, as we all know today, called marketing. Uh, welcome along on your couch to my couch, Dan Tyre. Thank you very much, Tony. I'm a huge fan. I should bring you on the road. The way you read my bio, man, just awesome. And I'm all in to help you and uh, customers, right, understand the new normal. Fantastic. So, so Dan, it's lovely to have you on there. And I love, uh, you know, always appreciate your energy. And, um, you know, and, and I think the folks here in Australia, those that, those that know you, those that don't would surprise me because um, everybody, everybody knows of you in some shape or form, which is great. So I wanted to maybe kick off, you know, we're going through this, uh, this COVID thing at the moment. So how have you found, Dan, just in your experience, obviously, uh, you know, we want to focus this particular episode on on kind of sales, how we can keep selling, how we can keep front of mind with our customers. But have you found some of the businesses that you've been working with have approached successfully the changes that COVID 19s brought about? Yeah, it's a great question and it is definitely different, right? Uh, I think the folks who practice inbound have a huge advantage because we were just talking about you've been involved in the inbound ecosystem for how long? How long have you been an inbound person? Uh, six years, I think. I know, before we had an office in Sydney, right? You were practicing inbound in Australia, right? And so it's always second nature for you to lead with uh, uh, treating people like human beings. It's always second nature for you to help first, right? And then talk about business. And what the world is discovering is that's a better way to do it, right? When we're all at home, right? When we're all going through some level of like difficulty now, right? You have to treat everybody like a human being. You always have to ask, number one, how are you doing, right? And really listen to the answer. And then are you safe or are you healthy, right? And what we find is different industries and different companies are in different situations. So the protocol that I've been using is I will cycle in. And the good news is, uh, you'll laugh at this, 40% um, of people are picking up the phone now right? It's extraordinary, right? In a typical like um, business setting between four and 17% of people pick up their phone. 80% don't like pick up their voicemail or their phone, right? And over the last two months, that is skyrocketed, right? Quadruple, right? And now like you're quarantined with your wife or two kids, you'll talk to the like tax service, right? You'll talk <laughs> to anybody. You'll talk to like somebody who's a wrong number you're like please just talk to me i just want to talk to somebody that's not in quarantine with me and so there's a lot more conversation going on and we always ask how are you doing number one are you safe are you healthy right because that's a very human approach then right sometimes we'll say to business we're like i'm talking to business people are you like would you be interested in talking a little bit about the state of your industry or state of your business and usually they're going to say yeah yeah, yeah that's fine and I'll ask them, are you in survival mode? Are you in adapt mode? Are you in growth mode? And it's very, very interesting. There are certain businesses that are just a survival mode. If you run a restaurant, if you're on a cruise ship, you want a casino, if you're in the gig economy, you are just worrying about how you keep your business a lot. And there's still ways you can help people. You can still send them like free education. You can give them a website grader. You can give them a review. You can help them out. There's still things you could do, but it's not likely that they're going to be a potentially great client. You can still help. And the people who start relationships in uh, spring of 2020, people remember that forever. Then there's a subset of people who are like, no, 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 we're in adapt mode. 
right? And sometimes if you're like professional services, or I've given eight webinars on how to transition your face-to-face -face sales team into a remote sales team. And like Tony, you and I have been like tech workers for decades, right? We've been on Zoom since they invented Zoom. It's easy for us, but lots of people are like, uh, I don't know if my sales team is going to get this, right? I don't know if they'll be able to connect with their customers and they don't really understand the pitfalls. So those adapt kind of businesses are awesome, right? And there's lots of value that you can do. You need a CRM that you can work from anywhere. You need to be able to connect with your customers. Like you need to be able to use SMS text. You need to make sure that you understand what they need. That adopt mode is very important. And then there's another subset of businesses that are in huge growth mode. If you're doing e-commerce, if you're doing online learning, if you're doing health supplements, if you're doing healthcare, if you're doing like delivery services, logistics, supply chain, those companies are exploding, right? And they are like, no, 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 I never anticipated this. They also, I was talking to a, f a few of those today, they're like guilty, they're feeling guilty, like the world is like different and our business is doing great. And I'm like, that is tremendous, how are we gonna take advantage of it? So when you let people self-assess where they're, like what segment they're in, now all of a sudden it's not pushy at all. Now all of a sudden, if they're in survival mode, you're like, got it? We're going to help you survive. What can we do now? If they're in adapt mode, right? You're like, how are you adapting? And it doesn't matter what industry they're in. I, I'm on the board of directors of this company called Incorporate Massage. They do corporate massages. They come to your office and they rub your back. Do you like when people yeah. rub your back, Tony? <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. Rather than uh, stabbing you in the back, I think rubbing. I know, I know, I know. Some people <laughs> don't like to be touched, but they, they come in with these purple chairs and they rub your back and they, mm. they're not doing a lot of back rubbing anywhere in the world right now so they moved they pivoted over to stress management right and now they'll do virtual sessions with a life coach virtual sessions with yoga virtual and they get like 20 people from the company and you haven't seen the person that you worked in the same row with for like four weeks and they have this nice little breakout point and they've completely pivoted 35 percent of their customers have moved from on-site over to um, like virtual. And you're like thinking, oh, this is insane. In 30 days, they've taken a, a, a basically a human activity and turned it over to virtual. And that's a great example of a company that's like actually pivoted. Yeah. I think, I think that's awesome. And what I like as well, as you said at the beginning, and I think this is sometimes that we have to remember. And I know I've been, you know, running a few webinars. And at the very start of the webinar, we always say, um, how, how are you guys going? Are you safe? Yeah. Are you well? Go into the chat, put a yay, yes, whatever. Let us know how you're feeling. And, and I think that's just so important. Just because we're in a virtual world, um, even in real life, we, we need to do it. But certainly in a virtual world, take time to really understand the context of the person on the other end. Like, bring it real. That's the silver lining. Right now, when in the old days, you say, how you doing? Oh, good, mate. That's right. And boom, you're just like, now there are people who haven't talked to another human being in a week. Right. There are people I talk to, they're lonely. They're like, no, Dan, I'm like here answering uh, like calls, but I don't really talk to anybody anymore. There are people who are at home with three kids all under the age of five. Oh, my goodness. I like got on a Zoom and I finger paint with those kids. Right. There's paint all over the like Zoom and stuff. I go, don't tell your father. Oh, my goodness. And those kind of things. Right. That's a real human kind of thing. And you can help. Didn't cost me anything. But you could tell when I was cycling in, that lady Estelle, she's like, okay, I've about had it. Seven weeks and like shelter at home. I need somebody to watch the kids so I can just take a shot. I'm like, all right, I'm your man. Just set up Zoom and uh, like we're rocking it out. And uh, it was super fun for me. And like everybody coming together to try to help 
the inbound philosophy. Now, you've always had this, Tony. You've always had an inbound philosophy, of treating people like human beings, helping first. So this is not a lot different than what you normally do. It's just easier for you to identify how you can help because people are more open to it. Right. We're starting these conversations and actually listening to where people are and we're migrating the ones that want to adapt and grow. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, the HubSpot statistics. I don't know if you've seen the HubSpot statistics on week to week, how um, like deals and websites have been impacted. Yes. Yeah, actually, I, I was I was actually going to turn to that because because um, obviously the global customer base of 70,000 plus you guys did these statistics. And what I found really interesting with that was, although the, it said the deals had uh, decreased by about yeah. 17%, web traffic, for example, was up by 13%. Yeah. So people are, people are more receptive, like you were saying before about they talk to anybody on the phone, they're also more receptive online. Yeah, ping Tony if you want those statistics. Uh, web traffic up 25%. What else are you gonna do? You're sitting on your couch, you're gonna surf the web. And all those emails that you had in your review folder, you know the 40,000 emails you put over the site, so if you ever have to do it, guess what? You have a little bit of time so you can cycle back in and do it. So you see uh, email sends, email opens, uh, incredibly higher and continuing to move up. Now, uh, as the eternal optimist, when I saw deal, um, like deal opens were down 20%. I'm like, yay, that means 80% of business is still going on. And I'm like, that is awesome, right? Because we sometimes think it's like no business of being contracted. And that's not the truth, right? Lots of people are in that adapt and grow mode. And they're very, very interested. In fact, they're compelled that they are going to make something great about it. My wife's a yoga instructor, right? And Amy Tyer, three days after, she goes, what's this Zoom thing? And I'm like, well, you can see people. She's gone, I need to get on Zoom. And she moved all her yoga classes to online, right? She's doubled the size of your yoga classes. She does chair yoga with these uh, older people who sit in a chair. Maybe some of them sit on a couch. I'm not quite sure. But then they move around like <laughs> this and this and this. And they're like uh, a little bit, um, like they have limited mobility. They love like setting up the Zoom because they can do it in their living room. And it's a perfect example of somebody who's adapted, right? And now it's, they're never going back, right? These people are more comfortable in their living room. There's less danger. It's easier for them. They still get this. It's not exactly the same because, you know, there's a group dynamic, but it's just as good for their purposes. And there's in like virtually every segment of the industry, there are people who are like, this is my opportunity. This is my opportunity to scale. Just like you said, they're seeing the statistics of more people online. How can I use that to my advantage to help more people? And I think so. I think, I think the main thing is that um, they want to do it across. And one of the things that also came out at that, uh, from a blog post that you guys did as well was that you've, um, I think HubSpot was saying you found definitely there's been an uptick in visits to your educational resources, your blogs, certifications, yeah. the academy classes. So I suppose what, you know, for, for people that are traditionally used to the transaction, if we turn it back to sales for a second, um, how should they start to think about giving some of that knowledge, that expertise in an educational way, away from transactional? Yeah, so first of all, HubSpot Academy is great. And there's a subset of people who are at home who are going to use this time for self-improvement, right? If you haven't taken a HubSpot Academy class, first of all, ping Tony because he can send you all of them. There are 84 hours. There are 16 certifications. And there's something for everybody. If you're a salesperson, get inbound sales certified. 
if you are a marketer, get inbound marketing certified. If you want to get social media certified, email certified, developer certified, CMS hub certified, all of those, they're all free and it all increase your marketability and your skills. And now's a good time to do that. In addition, right, there are always ways that you can help. You've run tons of webinars. There's lots of recorded podcasts. Just the fact that people are listening to you about how they can improve, right, how they can lean into their skills, how they can get better for the new normal, right, is uh, that you can always uh, like generate ideas, work together in a brainstorming session, just one-on-one -on -one or in a small group to understand how you can relate better to your customer to add some level of value. Sometimes it doesn't even cost you anything. Just time, sometimes sitting down and saying, well, how are you doing today? We talk about the flywheel, the HubSpot flywheel. There's two parts, right? There's force right? There's friction to get your flywheel moving more quickly, educating people on what they need to know. Making them more educated consumers usually helps you generate more business. And today, I'm not too concerned about who buys and who doesn't. I had a, a in February, I did a trip to, uh, to Houston and Boston. You ever been to Houston, Tony? No, no, I've been, I've been to wonderful Texas, but Austin, I haven't been to Houston yet. Okay, so in Houston, uh, in uh, February, I'm like, what are you doing in Houston? They go, we, um, we go to the rodeo. And have you ever been to the rodeo? <laughs> no. Okay, any interest in going to the rodeo? Uh, it depends on your story that you're about to tell. All right, so I'm like, what's the funnest part of the rodeo? And they go, mutton Boston. And I'm like, what? They're like mutton busting. I'm like, what is mutton busting? And mutton busting is they take their three-year-old kids, dress them up like hockey players, strap them to the back of a sheep, and then make it, the sheep run across the rodeo. I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> if you did that in Sydney, they'd throw you in jail, right? You can't do that. In yeah. Houston, that's what they do for fun in February. It's amazing. And I'm walking through the airport. This lady says, oh, you're Mr. Upspot. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that made me feel bad. I'm like, no, I didn't start the company. Go, no, I saw you on the videos. I'm like, yeah, I do a lot of videos. She goes, uh, you've been there a long time. I go, yeah, I've been there for 13 years. She goes, I feel bad. I'm like, why do you feel bad? She goes, I've used Upspot for five years, but I never paid you a dime. I'm like, don't feel bad. And she's like, but I've never given you any money. I'm like, have you ever recommended HubSpot? She's like, a million times. I go, have you ever suggested that somebody else use our technology? She goes, a million times. Have you ever like bought a t-shirt from HubSpot, HubShop? And she goes like, yeah, I got more t-shirts than you do. I'm like, lady, we're even, right? Because that's part of the new normal, right? And if that lady never buys a free product, I don't care. Right, number one, I feel good that we're helping her out. Number two, when she's ready to go, when she needs a little more functionality, she'll get it, right? She'll upgrade and then she'll feel great that she's sending us $50. And it's quite possible she needs the $50 now, today, more than we need it, right? So we're happy to provide the free software to anyone. At a certain point, if your software is good enough and it has the right segmentation, right? People are gonna say, uh, I need a little bit more functionality. They're going to ping the sales team or get a product qualified lead. And they're going to say, you know, if I had a few more contacts or if I had this workflow or if I had sequences or I could be a little bit more efficient, but the free stuff is going to be great for a lot of people. Uh, and you buy Mindshare, right? You're adding value, right? And if they're in the right fit, then they're going to upgrade when they're damn good ready. And that's the way the world works in 2020.
And that, and that's a good segue uh, down to the next point I wanted to, to talk about. But, but to your point just before, I think some people have to, you know, we have to realize our brand advocates are so important. And especially right now, we can be building such a strong relationship with our audience that will get us beyond COVID-19 that are going to stick with us past this. But my question now was going to be around if we're giving away these free yeah. Uh, not services, in some cases in, in HubSpot's way, yeah. free software, but in a lot of cases, it's, it's free advice, it's blogs, it's education or whatever. How, how do you suggest people go from free to fee to be able to start charging something without sounding too salesy? Yeah, I just was work, uh, doing a workout with a company called Studies Weekly. And uh, talk about great people in the universe. They have um, a curriculum for K through um, sixth grade on history and diversity. And uh, they have all this stuff. And when all the teachers and all the schools closed, they had to teach from home, they gave it away for free. They just put it out there for free. In 24 hours, they're like, there's not a lot of people who have like um, the curriculum that they need to train over Zoom. So we're going to give it away for free. That's like how they make their money. Right. And uh, it was a bold kind of thing. And uh, like engagement went up by like 100 percent. Amazing. And now they're saying, but how do we get people to actually buy it for the school year? And I'm like, no, no, no. It will be an easy conversation. Number one, you pick up the phone and you say, how are you doing? Are you safe? Are you healthy? Number two, do you expect to go back to school in um, like in the fall time or do you think you'll still do um, like shelter at home? And uh, number three, do you know we have paid product? And lots of people didn't know they had paid products. And so we're two weeks into a process. They're like, yeah, no, we'll get this approved. This is easy. And they're happy to pay. It's not a question of like, uh, no, I want to be a weasel and I don't want you to pay. They're like, you helped us out in a day when we didn't know what was going on. We kind of owe you and uh, just tell us how much it is, right? And as long as it's not outrageous, right? They're in debt because they've provided the free stuff. And I think in most cases, the free things that you give away, right, are just a taste. Right. Uh, for my experience, you can use HubSpot free, but if you really want to get the right return on investment, none of your customers like businesses, B2B businesses are going to use HubSpot free, right? Because they need to get the results quick. And to do that, you need a paid product. So when you sit down with somebody and say, you know, you're using that free stuff and they go, oh yeah. And you're like, would you like to get a little faster results? And they're like, sure. Mm -hmm. uh, and you're like, well, if you've got like 10 new customers that would generate, I don't know, uh, half a million dollars worth of revenue. Is that worthwhile moving to a paid product? They're like, yeah, that's worthwhile. How do I do that? And they don't even know. So the conversation isn't so much being pushy. The conversation is like, based on our experience, I think people that fall into your segmentation would be better off not going with the free stuff, not even going with the starter stuff, but be going with the professional because people in professional want the results and are willing to pay a little bit more money to get those results, as opposed to just using the free where you got a lot of time, you got to like hack around it. And it actually becomes a very um, like helpful and supportive conversation. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a very good point. And I like the, um, I, I like the part that you're saying there as well, because I think naturally most people um, you know, li live in the world where, you know, if you do something for me, I want to do something for you. Like you were saying, yeah. so if, if you've helped me out, like for example, if you and I go to the bar and I buy you a beer and then I go, see you, Dan, I've got to run. I've got somewhere to go. There's this kind of like unfinished business about next time I see uh, each other, I've got to buy the next round. So I that is human nature. 
And it's, that's yeah. what you built your reputation on. You've been helping people forever. You were an inbounder before we invented the term inbound, right? And you just like helping people. And I don't know why you do it, but that's your brand, right? And so the reason I'm here at like late at night is to help you out is because I know you help everybody else out. And that is the way you scale. I got a famous blog article called Always Be Closing is Dead, How to Always Be Helping. Because in 2014, I took a territory job for UpSpot running Arizona. And uh, I realized... Don't tell anybody that I used to be a little bit pushy the first time I was a salesperson for UpSpot in 2007. I'd cycle in and say, Tony, I think it's ready for you to start in like May of 2020. You've been using the free stuff for a while. And uh, that didn't work in 2014. People are like, okay, Tyre, and then never return my call, never re uh, accept my LinkedIn. And I'm I wised up. I'm like, no, no, no. All I'm going to do is help. And some people were skeptical. They're like, why are you helping me, Tyre? Why have you given me like 14 sessions and you haven't asked me to buy anything? I'm like, that's just the way we do it. They're like, this is a, like overkill though. Like you've given me, I go, you asked for help. I'm going to give it to you. Sooner or later, you're going to need a paid product. And hopefully you'll think it, you know, they're like, no, 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 we'll have to buy that because like you've given us so much help. And I'm like, that's the way we do it. That's the inbound sales process. That's the philosophy. That's what we started in 2007. And now the world is catching up. Yeah. It's such a shame, isn't it? That, you know, that, that when you're generally trying to help people, they're almost sitting in a way of what's the catch? Like where, where's the sale going to come in? When are you going to charge me for this? I you know. know. I know they'll catch on and believe me, I'm just like, no, this is the way we do it. And they're like, you're going to give me all this help. I'm like, I can't give you all the help because they're going to naturally gravitate to the people who uh, like are paying for a paid product, but I'm going to give you as much as help as I can. I'm going to put you with other folks. I'm going to do it in a group fashion. If you want one-on-one -on -one, and if you want to like grow better, grow quicker, grow faster, that's uh, the customers that buy the paid product. And by definition, because they have a little bit more power, they have a little bit more um, professional service, a little bit more guidance. They're typically uh, performing a little bit better. And guess what? It's 2020. So you get to decide. So, so Dan, let's, let's just move on to, to um, businesses that maybe, and there's, there's a lot of them out there that have been completely shocked um, and, um, you know, by the whole uncertain times that COVID kind of hit everybody around the world that yep. are perhaps completely shut down, reversed, not done anything. As we look towards, you know, as I like to call it beyond COVID, as we start to, you know, no crisis lasts forever, as we start to come out of COVID, um, what, what do you think, you know, would be the tips for businesses that really need to start thinking about beyond COVID? How do I reboot? Like if I've been so in great. the background now, how should I kick off? How should I reboot? So so great. So first of all, don't wait because uh, like people are adapting now. There are people like my wife who are like, no, this is the greatest thing ever happened to me. I'm not getting in a car and drive around to yoga studios anymore. I'm going to do it from my own home. I'm going to get twice as many people. I'm going to make as much money or more and I have less hassle, right? So number one, be a realist and size up how you think this is going to impact your business. For all of our portfolio companies, I'm an angel investor. I advise 35 companies. I'm on five boards of directors. When this hit, the first thing we did is made everybody form a contingency plan. What happens if you lose 25% of your business? What happens if you lose 50? What happens if you lose 75? And then some people like in corporate massage lost 99% of their business, but they had a plan. They knew what they needed to do. They needed to understand who they furloughed, how they got their bank loans, where they got all that information. And it was critical for them to have their path. Then they decided that they're going to adapt. They pivoted. They pivoted 30 days ago, right? And now they're way out in front, right? So don't wait until it's over because there's no reason to. 
Right now you plan, and whether we go back to like the new normal sometime in May, sometime in June, wherever, right? You gotta be positioned now to understand that first of all, it's not gonna be the same. All those people at direct sales teams that went belly to belly every week, they're not gonna do that anymore. All the people who had extra space that went to a like a, a um, uh, an office, oh, this is a great story. I'm talking to a lawyer, right? Uh, a 26-year-old lawyer, she's been a lawyer for three years, and um, she was required to put on a suit and go to the office every single day. And she said the way we got promoted is like you would work long hours, and people would see you there long hours. It's very like visual work habits. She goes, it was a little crazy, but that's the way it worked. She goes, until like the new normal, now we all work from home, right? She goes, billings are up 19%. She said, you know what's going to happen? No one's going to go to the office. The only thing that could keep us from going back to the office, putting on a suit every day, is a 19% increase in billings. She goes, the partners aren't stupid. They're going to say, do whatever you want, work from home, because you can make more money. So there's going to be lots of that level of impact. There's going to be lots of people who are going to realize that it's not going to be the same. There's going to be a lot of industries that are going to have to modify, and we have to like take educated guesses of how that's going to work, what that means, how you are going to set up systems and processes and uh, do a uh, like assessment to understand how it works today, how it's going to work in the future, how you can get that maximum productivity and uh, still keep people like uh, engaged and uh, not burning out. Yeah, it, certainly there's going to be some changes, I think, when we get back to, as you, as you call it, the new normal, whatever that's going to look like. I wanted to just um, cover off, I mean, you coined that term smarketing in the intro I was mentioning before. You know, surely there's no much um, better time than right now for sales and marketing teams to align. Like, we're all in this together. So as we come out this, the, the back end of Beyond COVID, and even while we're in this process, um, you know, just, you know, maybe let's talk about the importance of why, you know, there shouldn't be this divide between the marketing team that's getting yeah. the message out there and the sales team that are the converting yeah, leads. It's ridiculous. You're exactly 100%. In the old days, marketing did a very defined thing and sales did a very defined thing and sales was king. Marketing was always in the doghouse. If you were a marketer, you were largely female, young, and you were always yelled at because you didn't produce enough leads or you produced enough too many leads and it was hard to figure out which one the most quality was. So you're built in an excuse. And as a vice president of sales, executive sales, I threw my marketing department under the bus all the time. You were a built-in excuse, right? If I was hitting my number, I was Superman, I got raises, I got more budget, it was great. If I was missing the number, it was your fault, Tony, right? Marketing is not beating me, right? And so this like dichotomy happened that uh, just doesn't work in 21, uh, 2020. Today, if salespeople write their own emails, right? Forget about it. I would just on this webinar I was doing, people are saying, no, 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 I do my own emails. I'm like, why? Your marketing department can write so much better email and then they can study it and figure out what the uh, ratios are. The top performing email template, that's what you got to use, right? All it takes is understand how to get there and push one button. And if Tony Eads with his uh, cool Australian accent performs better than Dan Tyre yelling at you, that's what we're going to go for, right? And that's just like using technology for a benefit. Also, uh, like people will stop and start, stop and start, stop and start. People will swarm around uh, starting a new product and service and then they'll stop for like 
18 months and then they'll come back and they expect you to know where they were. Marketing does a little sales, sales does a little bit of marketing. So uh, a, a new age company in the new normal is somebody where sales and marketing are talking constantly. If salespeople don't know what the buyer personas are, they're missing a huge opportunity. You have to understand the uh, ideal customer profile, the personas, you have to understand the uh, client journey, you have to understand how to provide the right step at each time. Marketing needs to write the emails. They need to work on the sequences, the workflow. Salespeople need to understand how marketing is assisting with them. Salespeople need to send all this information out for awareness, all the social media. They need to off, offer author content to make sure that it's authentic. They need to provide the right information at the right time. They use, need to use video email. What percentage of your podcast listeners do you think are using video email for prospecting? I wouldn't think it's very high, Dan. Okay, we'll cut that out. You got to do a second podcast we'll do about using video to sell and prospect because I do 10 bids a day. You got a little Dan Tyre screaming at you with a little gray hair on his couch <laughs> saying, let's go, right? That's a very human thing. Now I'm not Dan, the pushy salesperson. Now I'm Dan, that old guy with the gray hair, right? And it's a very human kind of thing. And uh, according to the latest HubSpot statistics, less than 10% of companies are using video in their sales outreach, and it's a huge game changer. It's like Harry Potter. You get a video email. You get to see Tony Eads in like the video email. You're like, okay, Tony did a customized video. I wonder how much he spent on it. They get to see you. They get to see your salt and stone t-shirt. They get to see your cool backdrop. You're talking about them. They get to see their website. That's a huge game changer. So the sales and marketing kind of thing, I would have thought it would have um, like dominated. I would have thought everybody I talked to would have broken down those own silos and it's the exact opposite. People are still holding on. It's just the new generation. People are growing up where um, they get inbound as an essential competitive advantage that they're really leaning into and uh, not having that, um, those old um, like false segmentations. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think certainly from our perspective, I know when I work uh, with clients and we look at strategy, one of the, one of the best things is when you map out the whole buyer journey, the first touch point to the last touch point. And the, there isn't really a last touch point. As we all know, there's the delight stage in the HubSpot kind of uh, process. But when you do the whole buyer journey, everybody is involved. Like there's a seamless transition yeah. across. So why would yeah. you ever have sales handing over to marketing and, and never the two will meet? There better be, because if you're practicing inbound marketing and not practicing inbound sales, this is what I found. I was working with a customer and uh, one of our partners generated 425 leads. The SLA for the assignment was about 210 and he doubled that. And he went in to raise the price of the retainer and the CEO said, no, we're going to fire you. And he's like, what? He's like, no, 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 none of that turned into business. And I'm like, that is impossible. And when we looked at it, the salespeople were calling once or sending an email, not even calling. And I'm like, mm. you're kidding me, right? You can't call somebody once and expect that they're gonna have a response. You have to call four times over 12 days, use video emails, send four emails, right? And if it's an MQL or an SQL, sometimes you're gonna ratchet it up from there, right? All the statistics say that if you send Dan Tyre an email, I'm gonna ignore it. If you send me two emails, I'm gonna feel a little bit guilty, but I'm gonna annoy it. You send me three emails and then I'm like, ah, that guy, Tony, I got You send me four emails, then I'm sitting on your couch. That's just the way it works. That's not me being unprofessional. That's the world we live in, right? Mm -hmm. And so if sales is not practicing that, pro and then if somebody calls me up and doesn't do their research, I had a guy call me up and say, so tell me all about it. Tell me about you. 
And I'm like, really? You didn't do a five second Google search on Dan Dyer? That is bad sales form. And he's like, uh, uh, uh. I'm like, okay, I'm hanging up. You do some research. And if you like uh, earn the right, you can get another shot. But let this be a lesson to you, right? This is not, this is the way we did it in 1980, but it's like 50 years beyond. You need to know who Tony Eads is. You need to know that he runs a podcast. You need to say, Tony, I saw that podcast with that crazy guy, Tyre from the United States. <laughs> That was awesome. And then, right, then, like, we can have a conversation. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Um, I, it's, it's like going back to the original Marketing 101 where we used to talk about, I think it was called the Mag 7, that everyone would have seven touch points generally with a brand uh, before they engage with you. And people yeah. just uh, drop out after two or three and think, well, that's never going to happen. And they've missed that's out right. on those last four points. Mainly salespeople, right? Marketing people, mm. they expect multiple touches. The thing is salespeople, uh, by definition, they have a, like a target on their back. They have to hit their quota. So they're naturally going to gravitate to where they think they're going to get the most business. But in 2020, you have to manage a much bigger um, like flywheel. You have to have many more opportunities because you can't push somebody. That means a wider like funnel or a lighter number of opportunities. And then people will come out of the woodwork and you have to use sequences or dropping workflows where periodically you're like, Oh, I was just uh, thinking about you. Oh, you know, this is um, something that came to my attention. Oh, you know, we had a conversation at the first of the year. Is that on your radar screen at all? And if you're doing that in an automated fashion, if you're treating people like human beings, that means you're doing research on them. If I call you uh, like up and I treat you the same way as like uh, Englishmen or somebody in Belgium or something like that, you are going to be like, that's not personalized. If I know where you are, what you're doing, a little bit about you, and I can showcase that, then all of a sudden we're off to a really human helping like conversation that will greatly accelerate the potential for us to do business. So, um, so Dan, let's, let's kind of wrap up with technology because you and I could uh, talk all night and I know you'll probably fall asleep on that lovely couch you're sitting on at one point, uh, even with all the energy you have. But let's finish off with technology. Like how can, you, we mentioned video and email, which is, which is super important. You touched on smart, um, using sequencing, which is, which is a fantastic way of automating the sales process so you don't have to literally do the emails right the way through. So maybe, um, obviously HubSpot has a lot of this um, infrastructure to support the flywheel from sales to marketing to service. Um, how, how should people, now they're getting more familiar with things like Zoom and doing webinars and, and sometimes being forced into, even the legacy sales team are now starting to have to use uh, digital platforms. How should people be embracing technology more? Yeah, it just makes you more human. Anything that makes you more human is good. So you gotta have a chat bot on your website now because I don't wanna wait. Your chatbot, HubSpot has a free chatbot that you can use. That's awesome, right? Anything that makes you more human. It's not necessarily the technology that's important. It's how can I be more efficient because I'm automating the low value work. The, the thing that changed my life is HubSpot meetings tool, right? And we use the meetings tool like 50 times a week because it's impossible to get on my calendar. Impossible. And uh, my meeting stools in the public domain. You can find it, dantire.com. You can book a meeting with me, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour. If you get on my schedule, I'm going to talk with you. And that is technology that's built into the HubSpot um, freemium product so that you can just, it'll just change your life. Right now I can be super efficient. I'm booked from 6.30 in the morning all the way to 6.30 at night. And uh, I ask people to drop the three things they want to talk about. I am automatically uh, be able to see their contact record of all the interactions they've had previously. 
right? I see lead intelligence that tells me what they've purchased or what they haven't purchased, if they've been in a deal before. I have lead notifications, so I know when they're back on the website or they've opened my email. Now I have uh, like a much better opportunity to utilize my skills to cycle in, to establish that relationship, to be human, to uh, uh, know where they are at. Remember, if I cycle in and you did an extensive evaluation of HubSpot, like in the beginning of the year, if I start at the very beginning, you're like secretly pissed. You're like, why, why, why are we starting here? I went through this in January. If I cycle in and say, oh my goodness, I see that you spent a lot of time evaluating HubSpot in January, right? Let's take it from like where you want to take it. Now, all of a sudden, I've gained additional credibility, right? So those type of uh, technologies, very, very important. Also, uh, like the technology has to be super easy. I use uh, playbooks all the time in the HubSpot sales enterprise, right? Uh, because we're learning new products all the time, sometimes I don't know all of the questions to ask and playbooks allow me to feed the right questions to the right person at the right time, right? Uh, meetings tool is great, lead intelligence is great. I'm a huge um, believer in sequences and uh, workflows. I'm a huge believer in uh, like uh, letting my marketing department write all my correspondence so that I don't spend a lot of time and energy uh, doing it. Right, and uh, HubSpot is such a great platform. I use HubSpot integrated with Zoom, HubSpot integrated with Slack, HubSpot integrated with like all these different um, AirCall, all these different like um, applications, and uh, it really serves the all-in-one kind of thing. So it doesn't matter where I am. Like um, for me, it didn't matter if I went to Cambridge or Houston or sitting on my couch. I got access to all that stuff as long as I get good internet access. Right, I'm going to be an efficient salesperson. I think I think it's amazing as well, even back to the bare basics, like a lot of clients um, in the past or conversations I have with people don't even have a CRM, you know, and the fact that I think HubSpot, uh, you know, first and foremost, bases everything off the back end of, of having a free CRM. Like if you don't know the conversations you've had with your customers, the interactions they've had online, um, it's back to your earlier point. You don't really know me as a potential prospect when we right. do actually connect. And even you, Tony, you're the nicest guy in the world. You'll be pissed. If you've looked at HubSpot twice, and I don't know that, and if I didn't take over the Australian territory, or you work with Sam or Dave Shepard or something like that, or Emma Hogan or something like that, and all of a sudden I don't know that, but then if in the meeting notes it says uh, you worked with Emma Hogan three times, and I'm like, oh, my friend Emma, now we have this bond, right? Now you're like, how do you know Emma? I'm like, oh, man, I walk, work with them all the time. She came over to the United States to take the Harvard class, all that kind of stuff. Now... Right. That seems like very simplistic, but that's the basis for us starting a relationship. Now I know more about you. Now I know about what you've done. Now I can be a little bit more strategic in the way we engage. Yeah. Yeah. One, um, one trick I found actually talking about the meeting calendar is uh, I generally use uh, Google calendar and, and uh, there's a lot of internal meetings that I have that block out the calendar. So then someone mm -hmm. like yourself or, or a prospect comes through and they go to click on my meeting link and there's nothing like trying to get hard in your calendar. Yeah. It's just as bad as getting in mine. Yeah. But I've realized that if you, for my internal meetings in Google calendar, you can change them from busy to free. So it still means they're in your calendar internally, but it allows the external offer, you know, the opportunities to still come in, which I think is very awesome. useful. My famous uh, like article in Inc. Magazine, let's do an hour meeting in seven minutes, right? First of all, I'm not a big sitter. Sitting is the new smoking, right? Uh, I did this couch just because you asked me, Tony, but sitting is horrible for, so I stand up all the time. Second of all, if I'm going to be a meeting, I want it accelerated. 
uh, my disk profile is D, a big D, nothing else, just D. So let's get to the point, right? And uh, if you can't cover it in seven minutes, like then like we didn't do enough pre-work and I wanna mm -hmm. cut right to the chase, right? So let's get right to the point. What do we need? What decisions are we making? And if it's something where we're like reviewing and weighing in left and right, that can be done, doesn't need to be done usually in a group format. Everybody do a poll, like you do your pre-work and uh, let's be respectful of everybody's time. Fantastic. And I'm going to be respectful of your time, Mr. Tyre, because it's, <laughs> it's getting late for you. But uh, what I'm going to do, I think, in the co comments of uh, when we post out our, our episode here of The Couch is put in some links to those free tools we just spoke about. Uh, because I think for those that are missing a free CRM or any of the free sales or marketing tools, I think it'd be good to whack a link in the comments section so you find that down below. Um, but Dan Tyre, Sales Director HubSpot, always awesome to catch up with you and your energy, even at whatever time it is in the States, is still firing. Boom. Boom. Three o'clock in the morning. No, I'm only kidding. Tony, I'm all in for you. I've known you for a while. You're uh, part of the foundation of what we're trying to do. And all we're trying to do is trying to change sales and marketing, right? All these people have these bad habits. Right. And uh, sooner or later, they're going to realize. I think one of the things of the new normal is it's going to accelerate the people who really help. Right. Building a relationship in 2020 and spring of 2020, very, very impactful. And if you do it right, if you're an inbound kind of person, and you like to help. We're going to get all the business and we'll see if that bears out. But anything I do to help you, just let me know. Dtiredupspot.com. My website is www.dantire.com. T-Y-R-E. Like the Australian spelling. Oh, my goodness. I didn't even think of that. Anything you need, Tony, I'm all in. Good on you, Dan. Really appreciate it. From my couch to your couch, thanks for joining us on The Couch. You're welcome.